Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. <laughs> dramatic echo. Dramatic CD, echo. what's up, bro? Thanks for making the time, up, man. It's great. It was great hanging out last it week. Great man. hanging out last week. It was good to see you. Hanging. Good to be back in Niagara Falls and see some familiar folks and some family. Yeah, yeah did you get around to see yeah. some peeps? Did you get around to see some peeps? Yeah, absolutely. Got got to attend some good jams. Oh, good. Oh, good. Huge blessing that way, yeah. So I guess so, we should start out just for the people that are listening to us and haven't seen you in a while, didn't get the chance to maybe connect with you when you came home. Give us an idea where you're at, what you're doing, and what that kind of looks like. So I'm currently studying at the IMU. It's the I'm a professor of wonder, but more more aptly, I'm a student student of the the greater being. Um, that means I'm studying at a place called the Greater Theological Union in Berkeley, California, and I'm st- affiliated with a uh, school called the Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary, uh, PLTS. And so I've been studying and spending a lot of time immersed in the, the Christian myth, uh, which is my, my family tradition, the really spending a lot of time with that wisdom tradition and and wearing that and when i say myth i mean more aptly lens lens of uh, which to look at the world and so i've been out here for about two years and uh hoping god willing that i can tie it in and and uh you to work with community and creativity uh, and co-creating in what the common metaphor is uh the kingdom of heaven co-creating the kingdom of heaven in this place so cool man working no, on that cool, no when you went away, no, when you the, went away the, i remember saying remember masters saying, of divinity man that sounds serious that's heavy what a title i i mean i'm gonna be shooting lightning bolts out my eyes <laughs> zapping zapping all the the uh zapping all the, the you know evil out of the world and stuff like that that's <laughs> that would be that's the aspiration right no i mean i wish it was more like hogwarts and we got spell cast in class and and uh i wish you know had big pointy sorcerer hats uh, but i can't say it's quite exactly like that so you're talking so you're about talking a little about bit about the logistics and the practical application about uh, flipping your shifts back and forth and going out all night and walking the streets and just uh, the way you put it, I think, was just seeing how you could be there for people. Just discuss that a little bit further. That's right. So something I did this winter um, was walking in the middle of the night in San Francisco and being there on the streets and being there as a loving presence for anybody who's in a perturbed state and um and you know just somebody who wants to have a conversation so uh, that meant a very unique perspective on san francisco seeing seeing the whole city 
in the middle of the night, seeing what kind of nightlife there is, um, the people who are staying on the streets, people who are openly um, using and and encountering people in like a very purposeful and meaningful way. So um, I had some profound encounters with that. I guess I'm not exactly privy to share the the details about you know what happened in those encounters other than to say um that i mean it changed me as well it opened my eyes to people and i i broke bread with people on street corners and and uh and also just had conversations about spirituality with people like you walk in the haight ashbury and you get right onto a cosmic level and then you walk in a, uh, the tenderloin and, and you, you get some sometimes heavy vibes, some, some uh, just being there with people while they're grieving. And, and, uh, and so that was, a, that was a big part of my year last year, but I was doing that at the same time as doing a full-time graduate education, um, which meant I was staying up until four in the morning and then waking up for class. Mm. So what did that look like with those so specific like about your interactions with the uh, people on the street? Can you repeat that, Jim? What's it look like? I mean, without sharing like? your intimate details, intimate details with the people that you met there, what's the overall, overall, I mean, who are you talking I mean, to? What type of people you mean? What are you seeing out there? Okay, well, yeah, it depends which neighborhood that you're spending time in. So um, where I was commonly working out of was close to the Tenderloin. And the history of the Tenderloin is that um, it was basically built as a sailor's den. So so if you, if you ever had a university experience, it's basically like dorm dorm life in a, in a city. It's the one of the densest uh, neighborhoods and people don't have kitchens or living rooms. So their, their kitchens are the restaurants and bars and their living rooms are outside. And so there's a lot of people on the street. It's, it's basically known as a wide open zone and it's been that way since it was built in, uh, in the early, early 1900s. And so you run into a lot of people openly uh, using, using drugs and, uh, it's, it's, it's got a reputation as that it gets the name tenderloin because it's a, the, the idea is that cops were bribed with tenderloin steaks. So that's, that's where it gets the name. So there's, there's an idea that the cops will, will look the other way. And so, so we were just there to be present if anybody's having a bad trip and they need somebody to talk to. And there would be people high all over. And, and uh, that's kind of that neighborhood's uh, character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any sense of what's missing in some of these people that you're talking to? Pardon, go ahead. Uh, any Come again? Uh, any theme uh, about any what's theme missing about with the people that you're interacting with that, you're interacting that leads them to such a place? Such yeah. A place. I don't think there's any one theme. Um, 
I mean, like I say, the area, it developed from young working people who just had a lot of money and time and, and as a way to, to meet people. And it's become a, a safe haven for people who, who've been marginalized. Um, there's, so I met a lot of people who had different stories, people from coming from all walks of life. Uh, there were people who had lost their jobs and were, were facing a amount of despair. There were people who just, yeah, they needed somewhere to go and this is a place that, that they can go and, and be safe. Uh, that's part of the, the history is that the LGBT movement uh, in San Francisco was, was, that was a safe haven for a long time in the Tenderloin there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just basically a place they could be safe. Tell us about your decision leading up to this. I mean, you're certainly a mature student. I think you said you were 36 the other day when I asked you how old you were. I've got a horrible time with age. That's right. So you had some time out in the world after you finished, you know, high school or what have you. And then, you know, operating as a musician and a poet and kind of a, a creator. Uh, I don't think you were, yeah, I think you, were you, know, you know, odd jobs here and there, but then you decided, you decided Berkeley's where I'm going. So. Where I'm going so. Yeah, I mean, that was following the signs of life. And then when I first got to school, I was honestly, and, and I still do it, um, looking at the course content through the eyes of a songwriter. So seeing how, uh, seeing, seeing songs and what the people were talking about. And some of my professors are preachers and they speak rather eloquently. So I would be like, there'd be songs dropping out of what they were saying. And then the the whole Christian history, the Bible, there's a lot of poetry. There's a lot of very interesting stories. So I I initially had been applying that, that sort of lens in my classwork, which was, which was blending where I was coming from um, as a songwriter, as a creator, and and then coming into the student environment and being in a lot of lecture hall uh, situations. So I guess uh, I've I haven't been in that habit as much of late, but I'm trying to get back into it. <laughs> and what do you what do you what's the end game look like for you after school? After school. So. I'd like to get back to Niagara. I'd like to keep continuing working with music. Um, I find music to be a, a, a sacred art and it's a, a sacred way of, of building community. And uh, I've just had a lot of experiences that have pointed me in that direction. And so I'm hoping that I can find a way to work with the, the institution here and and just get back to basically doing community work through music. You know the jam in perpetuity. The you are me. The I am you, and the we yeah. are one. And try to try to make the world a better place. You are me. You are me. Good eye too. Good eye too. That, that uh, you gave me the badge. Uh, you gave me Thank the badge. you. I'm not Thank worthy, you. but awesome. I appreciate it. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was a that was yeah, kind of was a, a, a. Always remember that moment. Remember you remember you that solemnly moment. came up to me and you very seriously said, "Jim," and. I don't think I had an idea of the respect that your crew has for this whole idea. 
here, I want to give you this, and you're, I can't remember, an ambassador or whatever. And I was flattered and humbled at the same time. And I just want to acknowledge you, man. You've been such a great leader, especially for, well, for me and so many other musicians that you've collaborated with. I know, geez. Oh, so many of us are so, so grateful. I mean, Scotty, Scotty, I'm, we're talking about the we're talking about the impact of the impact of Jay Foreign dropping the Jay Foreign dropping the the disc Aaron Berger's disc of color and light on me at the station and saying, you know, Aaron wants you to have this. I'm like, Aaron, who? And then I put it in my car and I couldn't stop listening to it for months and months and months. And then to get him on the show. Um, um, came out a little flat a little first song. Flat. First song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was warmed up. Was I've warm. heard him come out flat a couple times. <laughs> the, what a talent, though, a and talent, such a deep though. character deep and character. passion and a soul. And I was just so. T- I'm still so touched. I miss touch Aaron so much. I know his life's changed so quite a bit since the child and getting married and all that kind of stuff, as most people do, but. I just want to acknowledge you for that. I remember the first time I brought Scotty over to the jam, and he was scared to get behind the the keyboards. And James tell me to sit back down. The song's not over. Finished because I was kind of tinkling away on the keyboard. Finally got Scotty to jam for his first time out in public. He's just never played in front of anybody but his girl, his wife, and me, and a couple friends. And I think he got an offer to play a wedding there yeah, not too long ago. Wedding, yeah. He turned it down because he, it's, he didn't want to be responsible for being a paid musician. He didn't think he had hit that level yet. But he's writing music now, as you know. I, uh, so I'm I'm grateful for you, man. And uh, I was glad to be able to sit down with you for. I know you're only home for a few days, so I'm, I was glad to go to Scotty's with you. And, and hang out and uh, hang out and, so uh, thank you so for your gift you for your um, I know we joke know and we, we don't joke, joke when we say you know poet you know, certainly poet, a poet certainly and a musician a poet, and uh, I know and, uh, we've tossed around that well because you had well, the you similar had glasses the John Lennon of Niagara you probably hate that but I know you're a huge Beatles fan and just so cool sitting at the fire at Scotty's the other night uh, what fe- feline? What is it kind of feline? Pretty little, feline. pretty little feline, yeah. And and when you're done, I'm like, yeah, who's that? Like a, a like three doors down. Like whose song is that? It's like a like actually, that's one of my songs. Roadways, I'm like roadways. So a huge impact. Um, I know. I know. We don't get acknowledged much for that but i just want to take the time you know before i forget to say thank you for that because it's been such a gift if it if i just look at scotty the way his branches have gone into the community the musical community and raised this game and and brought him to a place where he can really lean on music you know thank you brother like i'm very proud of scott like uh his development as a piano player means a lot to me and when we were in niagara we had like a, it was almost, it reminded me of a New Orleans street scene. There was a piano on the street and we had just got beers and we were walking down the street with them and, and we stopped and sure enough, Scott sits down and he's just, you know, like so in it and, and so, so fluent on piano and, and, uh, so that, that made me really proud and I'm, I'm proud of Berger, um, 
his songwriting and his songs they've meant a lot to me uh you know we we uh we started writing songs together i guess more than half my life ago uh so almost 20 years ago now and uh he sent me some songs and they were like medicine to my soul and i'm like all right (laughs) yeah they just hit you know and and uh so i got i got his new album um and yeah that stuff i mean that stuff it makes me really happy to be able to see his development and someone like scott who who yeah he he's gained boatloads of confidence in his piano playing and and now he's able to share it and give joy to other people so i think that's a big part of what it's about for for me and the appreciation of of having somebody pick up one of your songs like road waves doing pretty little feline i know burgers got uh, one of your songs on his new album right um i don't think burger has one of my songs but uh the road waves i saw them play livestock when i was down and they got they got shouted out as the beatles of niagara no Um, no yeah i mean (laughs) that's like i mean they they've been touring and working so hard and uh and so yeah i mean just to just to be able to connect with them on their path was has been has been good and and see how they're they're growing and working so so hard as musicians and g of course is uh wise beyond his years and you know sitting there dropping wisdom on people (laughs) he's gonna he's he's gonna be writing like consulting books and stuff like that yeah it's i don't know why i'm surprised by such a young guy having so much wisdom but it's like it's almost like every time you hang around with him he drops a a nugget on you something huge i know it goes back and forth but yeah but it's it's probably a jerry garcia lyric so you got to look that (laughs) 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 and that's been uh I had a great encounter in Haight Ashbury, looking at a Jerry Garcia mural and just riffing with a woman sitting on the street, and we were just having a hoot, just nonsense poetry on the on the street there. So, I mean, that's a big part of the San Francisco mythology is uh, is that that Haight Ashbury period, the love movement, and Jerry Garcia wanting everybody to uh, to enact sainthood to to be saintly towards one another um and that that, that's uh that's been a big inspiration for for the tone of the perpetual peace project and trying to walk in in those shoes and after those shoes and and uh seeing that tied into the christian myth as well like i a lot of people might not think of it but uh i've been introducing some people in the in the Christian tradition to the Grateful Dead as a band that that walks in the Christian tradition. Like they they cover hymns, they write about the mythology. A lot of the characters are are uh, drawn, and then the way that they they attempt to conduct. Like I don't know. I think what's a <laughs> what's a good example? Do they have a song, Samson and Delilah? Mm-hmm. So, 
What's so the, the expand on the Haight Ashbury thing? Haight Ashbury. So that's a neighborhood in San Francisco. Uh, that's oh. where the the dead live. Oh. And that's it's historically it's looked at as like the, the hub of the hippie movement. Okay. So it was the love movement. The summer of love took place at Haight Ashbury. Oh. Okay. The, it's it's near a big park, kind of like the Central Park of San Francisco. Okay. And uh, I mean, I I I imagine people were were dosing and using lots of entheogens at the time. And uh, and there's this. Garcia has this great line of uh, basically what they're trying to do is attempting to be saintly towards one another. So, so working to to aspiring towards that, working towards that, and that being part of the the vibe. Got it. Now, does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I, I didn't. Totally I wasn't I aware of what the, I thought it was a neighborhood, but I, I, I didn't know the significance, and especially how it relates. Yeah. To the yeah, and ironically, it's called Hate, the street. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it's where the love movement was in Hate. Now, now the one I've been listening to of yours is Love in the Wasteland. And, and I don't know how many songs I'm not on, but it's 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 an epic classic as far as I'm concerned. Just really strong in the storytelling. I'm just over I'm halfway just through, through uh, home and uh, economics, right? Economic, right? I sat home down economics, at, yeah. I sat down at church today. I, church today but I usually just play basketball in the corner with one of the girls or boys or both. Or, or boys or both. I don't like being locked into like one activity for too long. You know, my mind goes all over the place. And so one of the kids got tired of playing basketball with me. He got tired of winning, basically. <laughs> I go over and there's a couple of girls sitting down with a bunch of young two and three year old girls. I'm like, hey, what's this? Oh my god! They would never let me take it as a kid. I always wanted to take it. <laughs> but um, I only got about three songs in before I go. Geez, this sounds like a pretty activist song. And which one? Uh, some sensible woman. Or women. Or women. Um, what do you mean by activist? Uh, well, I saw you tweeted uh, it out to AOC, and was it Presley today? Presley today? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I forgot I, the other two, forgot but the other whatever. Two. <laughs> no, I think, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I tweeted it out to, to some of the women in Congress. The one line is, uh, some sensible women are going to take the House of Congress and turn it into a home. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah that's part of the fun of the album is like the the word economics means house management and so i i i like seeing women in the houses of parliament in the houses of congress and i think that i think that i think that women will do a really good job of, of taking care of the house and turning it into a home, which is which is part of the irony of the song. You know, it's like I'm a white male telling a woman that her place is in the home, but saying but saying that the home is uh, the earth and the home is society and 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 so broadening that notion of what a home is. 
of where a home is. A home doesn't just take place behind four walls. It does as well. But it also, that being kind of the 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 riff on the song is is saying, all right, let's let's make our culture more homelike because homes are awesome. Yeah, uh, homes are fucking awesome. <laughs> I love being home. I love being in a good home. Yeah, and I was fortunate to have a good mother, and and she she's a good homekeeper, and and I lived in a good home, and so. So that's part of it. I mean, not saying that it's only a woman's responsibility to to make a home, but saying that perhaps that's part of the leadership or where it can be coming from. As far as activists, I don't know. I don't know if, how active it is. I mean, I was singing a song and I recorded it. True so enough. True enough. That's that's fair, that's kind of active. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, resigned and cynical. I've I've seemed to be more aware of it. more aware of it every day. Just. You know, I wow! I used to be so hopeful and idealistic, and um, thinking I could actually do something. Now I don't know. I kind of just lean back and say, "What am I going to do about it?" We got majority governments. We have no opposition. They just do whatever they do, and they just take turns doing whatever they do to us. No Republican, Democrat, NDP, Liberal, PC. They just. They seem like they're all the same, they so like I find myself listening same. to track three, to some three. sensible women, some sensible and women. I pretty much get where you're going pretty with much it. Get where you're going I, I can hear clearly, can hear clearly uh, the lyrics and the theme the and everything, and, the and I'm sitting there going, humans are corrupt. It doesn't matter what sex they are. It doesn't matter. They're always going to be corrupt. And you're never going to rid it out. You're never going to. You're never going to rid addictions. You're never going to get rid of poverty. You're never going to get rid of crime. Like I'm, I'm not saying that to be nihilistic and do nothing about it, but we've had poverty and everything all through civilization. You know, the idea that we could get rid of it, you know, we can lessen the impact, and we can make it better for people. But we're always going to have mental illness. We're always going to have some rate of hopelessness, rate of hopelessness of unemployment of unemployment, drug addiction drug blah blah blah, addiction, blah, blah, blah. I, mean, I mean i was listening to the song and going oh come on he thinks that aoc and the squad's going to fix everything <laughs> if they had the power they'd be just as corrupt as the men before them <laughs> so just tell me i'm a cynic you should listen to this song that i have called hey cynic because it's it's written for you jim and it's written for the cynic that that's within me as well Okay. And and like, from a musical standpoint, there's that there's that tone of cynicism. I just don't want playing on my stereo. It's just like, I I'm talking about the cynicism that's in my own mind. That when I'm in a like a vile state, and that's part of the line. It says uh, a tone that's so caustic, and it's just like I don't want that on my stereo. That's I don't go and tune into that on Spotify or whatever. Um, so. It's the same with my mental capacity. And I hear what you're saying to a certain extent is that there's long-standing cultural patterns of people being poor or even people in power exploiting people who don't have power. And those are long-standing things. Um, and yet I, the, I do think, I believe that things can get better and things things can fluctuate from period to period where you know it might be it might be good for people at 
one point and then they might be fucked the next moment and, and things like that. So I hear what, what you're saying is that, that, you know, things have been this way. I guess I just, I believe that one, things can get better and that's not, that doesn't make for good poetry that things have been this way. Let's just fuck it all. And, and where's the poetry in that? Hmm. So, so I, and, and then I come back to it and it can be hard not to be cynical and apathetic. And like, I don't see it in terms of a party line. Like these days, I really think that we're, there's a corporatocracy going on and, and it's, and there's so much power in, uh, corporate governance that's even on national borders that it actually it they're wielding more power than a government that's playing with how many ever trillion dollars in in the red like we're talking about governments that if they were corporations they'd be bankrupt so they're it's so so i mean i think there's it's i think we've almost evolved out of the nation state oddly in a time that like a lot of people are saying that we're in a hyper-nationalistic state, you know, across the world, like where there's there's a, almost a rise of that. So, I guess to come back to your your initial point about um, being about, oh, this is an idealistic thing. Well, it's also an untraversed thing in at least the judeo-christian western cultures that women haven't been in the roles of governance um they haven't been in the house of congress until recently the, these are historic things that we're talking about these this isn't business as usual because it just hasn't happened and there are some cultures that have been uh matriarchal hmm. and so it's not across Still the board though What's that? Well, there's still cultures all there's around the world that are a lot more patriarchal. Uh, patriar <laughs> what's the word? They have a patriarchy in their built into their culture way more than North America does. I mean, they're all over the world. But and I didn't mean to say that okay. it can't get better. I mean, we have done so much to lift people, the poorest people all around the globe, out of poverty. I think we mentioned. I mentioned the other day that the UN had set a rate of cutting poverty in half by. Uh, 2017 or something like that, and they beat it by two years. And so this is this is capitalism lifting people out. And I just want to your point. I just want to your point. I know I kind of fall in line with the idea that women are just drawn to different things. They're not drawn to STEM. They're not drawn to outdoor heavy lifting jobs. They're not drawn like. And I don't think, for the most part, I'm not saying all across the board. Obviously, you have your outliers, but. Politics is such a blood sport, and it's a it, it's sport. been a man's game for a long time, just like hand-to-hand like -hand combat is. Hand -hand you know, I'm not saying that they shouldn't not compete or shouldn't compete go there, but I wonder if, especially, especially women after their 30s, if they're, they're single and they want to have a family, like they're out of the workforce. They're out of, you know. Well, I mean, I'm just going to come back to the root of the word politics. Like The word politics means the city polis is the city so like women have always been involved in the life of the city and whether it's in the the, the councils that decide the politics 
it's that's a different thing mm -hmm. that's more writing them out of the records of the city but women have always been involved in the life of the city there sure. wouldn't be cities if women didn't give birth to them like mm -hmm. so so i i don't think that's fair i think i don't think that's true i think uh the shape of politics changes and saying that politics is a blood sport well yeah in a way yeah because because uh, the military is, has been historically a, a part of the political field. So, so, but as far as the, the aim of the sport, what is the aim of politics? What's the goal? What's the goal? Like, I, I think people should ask that question. Like, what are we trying to do as civil servants? What, what is the goal? I, if, you, if I'm answering that question, I say it's trying to make things better. Hmm trying to make a better city a, or a better city you know if we're using the the root of polis but city state a better union that's the that's the obama line right uh, trying to make a better civic union that's trying to make trying to make it so that the people that you're responsible for are having a better quality of life and i think that's that's not a blood sport unless you're you're being metaphorical and saying that life is mm. fueled by blood mm. because it's our fucking life, life energy, oh, yeah. it's our, yeah. our fuel. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess I just, I don't, I don't see it as, as you know, this is the game. I don't think the game should be about taking out anybody. I think it should be trying to make about, make people better. What's what do you, what's your answer to the what's politics for? What's the game? What's the aim of the game? So to no, speak? Absolutely. no, absolutely. I think that so many politicians get in with really good intentions, and then the system gets a hold of them, and then they become corrupt because the temptations. Still, I mean, we're human, right? Men and women, we're human, and we're you know we'd like to think that when someone says here, you know, here's ten grand, all you got to do, and no one will find out, and you really think to yourself, yeah, no one will find out. But you know, like it's real, like it takes. Takes a very takes strong, a very character, strong and character, and I think it's the minority of people, people that actually stand that against stand that against type of behavior. Type I think that it's just too easy for us, and we're, and we're weak. And we're, and we're I mean, weak. we can't look at us. We're addicted to everything, and so it doesn't, you know, to me, the corruption is just a human trait, and it, it, there's very few politicians that can stand against it. So, I guess what can we, what can we do about? Uh, Ten thousand dollars being handed off to a politician. Like, what can we, as a, as citizens, do about ten thousand dollars being handed off to, to yeah. a thing? I wish I knew how to wish bring knew more how accountability to the system. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, okay, accountability is one, but I don't think it's even against the law at this point. I think people can accept ten thousand dollars at this mm. point. Like, that's what. Isn't that what the super PACs are and things like that? Where I mean, it, they can just take donations at this point. So, mm. so how do you how do you make sure that the people who are donating are the people that the actual civic union are responsible towards? For instance, those are actual citizens of the country who have a vote. Because I I do think that that's fair. It's like, well, I support your platform, so I'm going to donate to you. I don't. I'm not a big believer in corporate donations. Um, I think that that's an easy, that's a, that's a problem that has an easy solution where you just, and it's through regulation, which that's what the government can do. I mean, 
you your ability to drive a car is regulated by having a license and shit like that so so i don't like with with that i hear you and i think i think it's true what's the truism is the where there's power there's corruption or um yeah so power or absolute power corrupts absolutely yeah. and and i think power is is it's a strong strong drug and 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 it gets people's endorphins acting in ways they don't even they don't even know how it's working but they love it and 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 the they get uh, affected by and i think men are a little a lot more susceptible of it and you know that's always been my pitch for you know more women in politics is don't you think we'd have a more compassionate more understanding society with laws that are more nurturing if we had more people and more women making the decisions i mean you can't force them into it and it's a tough gig man politics is i know it firsthand i'm running so many elections never been elected but i know what it's like putting yourself out there every election and it's lonely it's 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 you know i don't want to compare it to war but it's a battle and you know what it's like today these days if you disagree with someone you're just a nazi or a homophobic bigot or you know they just point the figure oh trump supporter oh you're a racist you know we're just we don't want to talk anymore and that's kind of i've swung way right as far as my politics goes as you've seen by my twitter feed and whatever i'm so passionate i'm so pissed off when I look at the corruption and the and the graft and and it's at every level of politics you know you see in everyone's nieces and nephews and daughters getting contracts and jobs like municipally regionally provincially federally it's like it's I don't know how you how you prevent that kind of thing and I, I'm with you man I, I get into you know, I didn't run as a Green Party candidate because I thought I was going to get elected and change everything. I thought, you know, maybe I can make just a small difference by saying, you know what? The way we elect the politicians is kind of broken in Canada. You're going to have a majority government with 37% of the popular vote. That's not cool. So I think we all start out with good intentions, and then I don't know what happens. We're human, and I think, again, men are more susceptible to, hey, take this and take this. you know more rooney he was taking He's cash taking from schreiber or whatever his name was he wasn't even a citizen of the country like literally brown envelopes and it was just like oh well that's just the way we do things in canada what brown envelopes stuffed with cash being handed to the prime minister of canada while he's leading while he's leading it was just unbelievable to me i don't I, don't, I haven't heard anything about that. You know, I'm in the States, so I don't get as much. Well, this is, you know, in the 90s, you know, and 90s. It, it came out afterwards. Oh, okay. Carl Hein, Carl oh, okay. Hein Schreiber or whatever his name is. I think they deported the guy, but yeah, it came out that he was getting envelopes getting full of cash for lobbying his lobbying German businesses. Anyway, I don't want to get too far down that road. I, I, right, but I guess to come back to just males in politics and as somebody who grew up uh in a lot of sport like i'm i'm somebody who loves games i love to play sports and i want to win games so so i feel like a lot of men have grown up in that environment where they're just they're just trying to do what is going to win the game um, mm. i mean i 
like and it, and then it becomes natural even if it's a little bit outside the rules like the whole performance enhancing drug era it's just like i could see that developing on the basketball court you see one guy and he takes like a little swig of substance and then he's 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 way more focused and he starts hitting threes and, and you say well i want to do that and then you know you see the next guy and then he's doing something a little bit you know it's just a little bit edgier and then he's playing even better and then you know this guy's hey come in come into here because i've got something that's gonna make you hit home runs and then it just kind of i can see that progression and it and it is part of that just wanting to win the game at all costs and being like well you know if i did that thing and it's kind of in the rules but then this thing's kind of outside the rules but i think it's going to help us win even more yeah so so i mean i i can i can see how that develops in politics and it seems like it's losing track of the big picture that mm. the the whole what are we even doing this for mm -hmm. and and i really i think people should be asking themselves more that like mm -hmm. why are we doing this why are why are we just the whole why it's like a it's a very simple question mm -hmm. but like what are we aiming for and because even this whole uh humans are people are really creative and th if we have a direction of aim they'll create in that way and so i, I think we touched on this and as somebody who's american and um has family roots i think that the green new deal is the right idea i think it has the right poetic resonance for the nation um the the new deal is looked at as something that's historically immensely successful and it was done help people who were put out by massive economic uh downturn and and so to to just have that and i'm going to put it like this a poetic lens to step into i think it can ignite people's creativity in the right direction um there's i think it's just the right idea regardless of who's talking about it it's also talking about just being more efficient with with the technology that we use i think it's a no-brainer it's just you, you're aiming to 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 make the the systems um that we run on like cars and things like that as efficient as possible so so that there's not a whole bunch of shit in your living room like that's why i'm writing in the home economics paradigm because it's like you hate like if you live with a roommate and they leave you a bunch of dirty dishes you're gonna be pissed off <laughs> and if you live with somebody who starts hacking at the foundations of your of your house to build a better patio you're going to be pissed off. You're going to be like, why are you trying, why are you taking down the main pillar of the house to build a better patio? So, so, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because I did get to the dishes song on the album. I'm glad you threw that reference in there. So I'm thinking about you at the lighthouse. I'm going, is this possibly about the guys at the house? <laughs> it never stops. And then it's the laundry. And then, you know, <laughs> And, and to be fair, to be fair, like that song was a long time in the, in the works, and and it, 
no, nothing against the people I lived at the lighthouse. That it did come up, but I think that the dishes in any roommate situation is like, it's <laughs> especially if you try to be fair and equitable. You know, it's like it can be an indicator if the dishes are dirty. You're fucking pissed off, and like, it it might that might be the last time you talk to your roommate. <laughs> 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 well, you can always well, take it. Always <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been uh, you know, <laughs> where everyone just cleans everyone their dish. <laughs> Wipe the fridge. Right. Don't the fridge. clean the stove. Right. Don't clean the toilet. Just run your dish under the wall. Uh, what a way and so uh, yeah I'm glad she threw that reference in there but um, did, I just I didn't know about this but talking about upgrading and how you can't afford not to upgrade it's looking at this Neuralink that's around the corner Elon Musk is looking at putting a chip in our brain so that we can be linked to artificial intelligence so that I mean once we start getting the chip you're not going to be able to be employed without one. Like, I just think this is, wow, are we really talking about doing this? To have all the information that the internet or the oversoul or whatever you call this community knowledge base just available at an instant with a chip that's wireless in your head? I can't even imagine. I think you're right that, like, people won't, be employed like this it'll be a mandated thing to be employed but you're only right if profit keeps getting overvalued or valued over human rights like and i think that's that's something that a lot of people when they step into corporate situations and in the chip stuff that's happening like there's employees that are putting chips in their arm like it's not the mind book like you're talking about Mm -hmm. um but they're putting chips in their arms, and that's like their punch card. Like that's how the employer knows that they're on on set. So that that's already happening, and I think a lot of people are sacrificing their human rights in order to step into a corporate en- environment. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying like, um, I mean, there's the anecdotes that come out about Amazon about people having to pee in bottles because they don't want their performance metrics to to suffer. Um, Okay, so there was an there was a journalist who went undercover and worked at a factory or a, a warehouse uh, with Amazon, and and found that people were peeing in bottles to to not have to take breaks. You know, it's, they're oh. working in huge warehouses, so in order for them to go pee, they're going to have to go like 500 yards to the washroom, and if they go 500 yards to the washroom their timing or their the quantity of boxes that they're packing in an hour that'll go down so it's it's back to the gamesmanship so the aim of the game is to be to have to pack as many boxes or whatever they're doing to find as many boxes from the warehouse and so amazon um, puts these metrics and applies them to their employees and then um, if stuff that happens to them humanly like if you have a broken toe your metric might suffer but you still want to work you can still work if you're and uh with some workers like if their dad gets cancer and they have to go visit them suffer and then they get red flagged and so i think what you're talking about is already happening as far as the artificial intelligence steering people in these corporate environments 
And so like, I think, I think that's a human rights issue in my, in my perspective. Mm. People are, people should have the right to go visit their dad with cancer or people should have the right to work if they have a broken toe. People should have the right to, to go to the bathroom comfortably, which seems like absurd to say, but. Yeah, we're entering a strange so, time, it seems. Well, we definitely are. A strange time? Well, I think we've always yeah, said that. Every generation has said, oh, that's weird. We live in strange times. Even 100 years ago, we were probably saying that. So I think it's nothing new for humanity to look forward and go, what? What? Like, the, no. No. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, this Dostoevsky talks about the the strange iron trains running through Russia and how they were they were foreboding. So like trains being new at that time and and so I think new technology definitely presents it presents new opportunities but also un untraveled problems at the same time. So I oh with the with people inserting the the chip, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's a there's a short story concept that I have, and it's a couple, and they're arguing okay. uh-huh. because because she logged on to his mind book <laughs> and she knew she knew who he was thinking about. Oh, you were thinking about them again? How'd you know that? You were on my mind book again. You logged into my neurons. I didn't I didn't give you that password just to log on. That was an emergency. <laughs> but. Yeah, that's the strange yeah, that's days strange. we're coming up against, it seems, man. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange time. Anyways, um, I lost you there for a second. Uh, tell me about, uh, here's a rough segue. Put down your phone. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and play it live. I'm gonna get you to mute you afterwards, just so that echo stops. Sorry about the echo for anyone that's listening and picking it up. It's a bummer. Uh, but tell me about pick a, uh, put down your phone. I haven't heard it yet, so because I didn't get this far into the album. So tell us about the inspiration, the writing of it, where you, like everything that you can dig up on it. Track ten, two forty-five. All right. So that one was inspired by. Uh, my grandma, she had a great line. She described uh, somebody who I won't mention as a fart in a skillet. <laughs> and, and she was referring to the way that they were looking at their phone every five seconds. Like, oh, he's, he's acting like a fart in the skillet. And so with this song, it's kind of writing from the point of view of an elder, somebody who's kind of beyond the tech, tech uh, era at people and how they're affected at their, by their phones. It's, it's sort of my grandpa and my grandma. That's the voice that it's been sung in. Okay. And this, we, we talked about the whole theme to this album. Did you, is this all new stuff that you wrote out there? <clears throat> this is all stuff that I recorded out here. I mean, it's some of, it's some more folkier stuff. So that's why it's all together in an album it's really an indie folk album i i recorded everything so i did all the instruments and i did it in my my bedroom and uh just just went ahead and made the whole album so that's part of the whole home economics theme is that it 
if you want a low budget album to to listen to, it doesn't get any lower budget. You than get this. the this background is, singers yeah. to come to your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know that wasn't you yeah, background wasn't singing, background dude. Singing. <laughs> you got a nice yeah, voice, but wow, we had some good backup singers. I can't remember the song it was. I'm like, it's a little harmonica. I know, I like, I know that CD playing harmonica, but he's singing at the same time. That's tricky. What's he playing his harmonica with? <laughs> no, I mean those are, those are overdubs, but I, I did name all my backup singers. You got to get into character, right? So, so I had like uh, all, all the names for for my backup singers, like Rhonda and and. Uh, no, Jessica. you didn't do the backups. Yeah, I did the backups. <laughs> what are you? Come on. You think you think I got a budget for those backups? Oh, you had me fooled. I, I'm going. I to... had I had to pay myself to do those. I'm like, he's recruited some hot chicks to do the backing tracks. Wow, this is awesome! I never for one minute thought it was you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> you fooled, man. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's see if we can put this down. Let's do uh, put down your phone. I'm gonna mute. I'm going to mute myself. I'm going to mute myself. Can you put yourself on mute as well? Yeah. Oh, see, there's no echo. Perfect. All right. I'm going to mute this, and now we're going to play Hey Cynic. Can you hear it now, Sadiq? Can you hear it? Yeah? Okay, good. Yeah, there's no backup, so that's good. cynic, old critic, tone that's so caustic, do you even know it, is it just force of habit, and who broke your heart, and who broke your trust, and who took your shimmer and turned it to rust, you might have wanted the world to speak more beautiful, then you waded through curses to get where you're going. And the curses, they soaked you deep down to the bone Now you can't even see they've become your own Hey, cynic, old critic, a tone that's so caustic Do you even know it? Is it just force of habit? Who broke your heart? And who broke your trust? And who took your shimmer? Turned it to rust And the cars pass you by Their belts are squeaking Their motors are whirring You forgot what you're seeking And a palm-sized device Is your favorite distraction You can put down your neighbor Without even moving Hey, cynic, old critic A tone that's so caustic do you even know it? Is it just force a habit? Who broke your heart? Who broke your trust? Who took your shimmer and turned it to rust? Now you don't have to own it or let it own you. Just because you believe it, don't make it true. There once was a poet said beauty is true. I forget what it means, but sometimes I do. Hey, cynic, old critic, a tone that's so caustic. Do you even know it? Is it just force a habit? 
Who broke your heart? Who broke your trust? Who took your shimmer and turned it to rust? But don't take my view, don't take my word. We can still live together in this life, in this world. We can still live together in my little head, my poet and cynic, together again. Obviously, that was uh, not put uh, down your phone. <laughs> that was Hey Cynic. Yeah, so tell us. Yeah. Oh, put down your phone now. Okay. We'll just pause that one for a minute, but get get into. Uh, I feel like, dude, stop it. You're hitting too many uh, of the bases with me, man. I think, it's, uh, you know. We're human, so we're hearing ourselves in that, you know, a lot. I'm obviously resigned and cynical to a certain extent, but uh, what's the background of that one, inspiration-wise? Yeah, I think that was that was a response to some of the cynical tone that both uh, I've had, I've been part of, I've had hurled at me, I've seen hurled about in the in the internet, and then also knowing that that that's part of my reality as far as living in a in a mind and having a brain isn't it strange to have a brain isn't it strange to have a brain to have a brain so instead of responding adversely to somebody i might have wanted to to get get into a shit throwing battle i i went and wrote a song about it and then and try to address uh, both that feeling and also what I know to be true with myself, that I, I can be really cynical and mistrustful of people. And, and I mean, I think anybody who uses the internet knows that there's tones of outrage. It's kind of, it's kind of, it gets very explosive uh, really, really fast. And mm. so... It, this is part of our sickness, I think, is the internet. When you first thing is logging on to Twitter first thing in the morning, you're like, oh, outrage starts right off the bat. We're not used to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not used to it either. And and I don't really... I don't really want to participate in it, but I definitely bear witness to it and 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 see it and... What's coming to mind is I think you said you you listened to the Paul Stamets episode with Joe Rogan and so Paul Stamets this is like a total tangent but it's taken us to a different place so so with the idea of with with the internet and how it's like uh, this networked mind so it's like a unitive mind of of humanity and like we're trying to work through some shit that we can't do without it 
and this guy who studies mushrooms, he compared it to the way that mushrooms, uh, their, their mycelia connect with one another. And so, the, so I guess at the base of it, I think maybe it's a technology that we need and we're still growing into and, and maybe going through some growing pains of, to figure out how to, how to, how to make that a home. But, so, but yeah, you're you're really active on Twitter these days. I noticed that. Well, I've been uh, working I've hard been at it because I'm fascinated by the fascinated game that Twitter game is that and Twitter trying to, you know, I told you the other day, my following has doubled over the last few months, and I've worked on that because it's branding, it's marketing, it's exposure, and I want to, I want to think that a conversation like this might be able to help someone, you know, that. And I know I'm not going to change anybody's mind on social media as far as their belief system goes. Uh, I think maybe you're more likely to have someone go, oh, I didn't consider that point, and that's, oh, I don't really believe that anymore, you know, while, while they're witnessing a conversation like this. Going back and forth and texting social media is never going to accomplish that. But... Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, with, yeah, I think with, I, with your Twitter personality, I was contemplating calling you Jim Fanity. <laughs> <laughs> not even offended by that. Jim Fanity, that's good. Yeah. You know, I've you know I've come around on my. Around uh, on my first of all, most of my all, information of I get my, is from social media. My news is from social media almost exclusively. My commentary is from. Rogan's and Tim Pool's and Ben Shapiro's and Stephen Crowder's for comedy, Gavin McInnes for comedy. Wow, one of the funniest guys on the planet. I really appreciate Dave Chappelle coming out with the most outrageous, offensive comedy that I've seen in a long time. And it's almost like he's saying F you to the whole world. You're not going to say that I can't make fun of Michael Jackson being a pedophile. I still want to believe that he wasn't. Uh, and he is just, that a new special? Or is yeah, this what new. he released like a couple of years back? No, this no. is the new? It's brand new okay. Netflix. It's called Sticks and Stones. And it's about the cancer culture. About the, the cancel culture. Where... You know, uh, you get a new uh, you get a new gig like Kevin Hart did. He gets, his dream was to, and I think this is a bit in Chappelle's uh, uh, comedy special. It was his dream to host the Oscars, and and Chappelle goes, "What do you mean, dude? You're black. Host the Oscars? What are you crazy? It'll never happen." And so he reaches the pinnacle. It's his. It's his. His lifetime goal, and he gets there, and a tweet from ten years, they dig up shit on him, and they're like, "Well, you need to apologize to these people, or, or we can't have you." And he, you know, he says, "I quit." No, I'm not apologizing to anyone. And then he went on a six-month apology tour to get his life back because you can't, you can't say things ten years ago that were okay, or that weren't offensive at least. You know, measured to you know, today's measured culture, where that you culture, can't get away with that kind of stuff, and then they hold you responsible for something that you said that was fine ten years ago that isn't acceptable now, and your life is ruined. Your life is ruined. And so, um, and so, yeah, the whole special is about the cancel, the cancel culture, where you know, like uh, who was it, uh, Roseanne Barr? Come on, like 
so much of this stuff is taken out of context, and she didn't know, and blah, blah, blah. And then, I mean, even Howard Stern's muted his free speech. You know, he used to be the king of that kind of stuff, and now he's on an apology tour saying, well, yeah, whatever I did back then was was wrong, and I'm sorry. You know? well, he's got to book this off. But. One thing I've, I've learned about is uh, something called a culture of shame and a culture of guilt. And before social media, the U.S. and Canada, by, by virtue, um, were both very much culture of guilt. Like, that's when I when I was growing up, it was always you're innocent until proven guilty. Not anymore. Like that's the that's the ethos of, of the culture of guilt. Um, with the culture of shame, it's more you you can be shamed. But you don't. You know the punishment isn't going to come in any legal capacity. Um, it's going to come in the form of exactly what you're talking about. And I feel like with the social media, we're just learning about a culture of shame. Like we don't know how to uh, to measure retribution. Like the culture of guilt, the legal system has a very like a long track record of. Oh, well, this person committed this crime, so what's the punishment? Culture of shame, we don't have any standards at this point, so it's just like we don't we don't know what the what the uh what the punishment should be for like a a mistaken tweet ten years ago, and I hear what you're saying that it shouldn't be like I lose my career over something that I might have said at four in the morning and and in the con in a different context and and you don't even know what it means but because it's part of this permanent record now i i lose my livelihood and maybe it affects my my family do i think that it should be you know i i think that i don't know this is it's also an ancient thing the culture of shame like that's how the judaic people or this is what i've learned is that that was a strong, strong, uh, I guess social control is, is the, what it is. It's a social control. It's like a way of, of determining how people behave and what's, what's allowed and what's not. And I, I do, I, I hear what you're saying that some of this stuff can be just like punishment doesn't meet the, the crime. Mm. And I, I use both of those metaphorically more than, because we're talking a lot of cases of things that aren't actual crimes, so so I think that's that's a, a new development with social media is that it's more of a shame culture than a than a guilt one. Mm. What other songs that you songs find that interesting you, here? I know you mentioned "Put Down Your Phone," "Karmic Disaster," "Smiley Face Mug." Which one do you want to take on for next? Well, um, we were on the put your phone down, but smiley face mug. That one's uh, it's it's kind of about having the smile knocked off your face, <laughs> but Violently. not not with a punch, but okay. with a with with the slow trudge of time. Anything else more you want to add to it? Now, put your phone down is good, but it's not a good one to play on the internet because it's a mind fuck <laughs> telling you to put your phone down. <laughs> but, you, you're, but you're watching it on your phone. So what are you going to do? Are you going to listen to the song or are you going to put your phone down? 
All right, let's do smiley face right, mug. Maybe I will face. make maybe it look like I didn't make the mistake and playing the wrong song. And with the edit, I can maybe slice it in there. I don't know if I've learned how to do that yet, but smiley face mug. Let's do that one. If you could just get you to mute one more time, and we'll put it on. It's 236, so it's not that long. I once had a smiley faced mug It was yellow and held two cups With a simple smile across the side Just two dots and a curved line I remember drinking coffee in the mornings In my old apartment with south-facing windows Sun shining brightly on my piano I don't even want to wonder where the time goes But I do wonder where that mug went If it got broken or stolen or left Given away, lost in a move Sacrificed to my old love I once had a smiley-faced mug It was yellow and big as fuck With a simple image across the side Just two dots and a curved line In those days my potential was endless The world was my oyster, whatever that means since those days I've been humble I'm a kind of man, not so mean But I'd be lying if I said I was happy Though in moments it comes to me I don't think I'll ever be satisfied Ever for too long a time I once had a smiley-faced mug It was yellow and big as fuck With a simple image across the side Just two dots and a curved line A smile <laughs> Beautiful, man. Hang on a second. Just... Some sensible women's coming up next, dude. Uh, so cool. Oh, what's this? Oh, you're still on mute. There we go. This is a Quinn Oberlin original, which is what <laughs> Quinn Oberlin. What's that? She's a she's a St. Catharines artist. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. She made this, I think its name is Sunshine. Oh. Normally I would have this video, but I had a hard time recording with today, today, so we'll just have to go with the audio. But I appreciate that for okay. my benefit, anyways. Well, but uh, uh, we're talking to Carl talking David, to Carl, yeah. uh, local, uh, local Niagara musician, Niagara in studying at Berkeley, at Berkeley for his Masters of Divinity. Masters of um, Divinity. 
at church today, I told you earlier when we were offline that I took, well, I look after the kids in preschool, the two and three-year-olds, and and today I went up after the first service, and I went up into the production booth to catch some of the message, and uh, Pastor Bill, who I saw came in at some point here, that's cool, hey Bill, if you're still watching, great message today, he was talking, and, and the, the marquee out front said, celebrate good times, come on, I think it was? It was Cool in the Gang song. Cool so, in the gang. Like, the Cool yeah. in the Gang song all the way through. And he was, and I just listened because I, I caught part, part of the message in the production booth, and then I, I, I came home because I wanted to get set up to get you on. But the, the message today was that God instructs you, commands you to party. Well, if you think of party the way I think of party, and I think we share the same type of party um, definition. Uh, but it was a pretty cool message, and I, I love the way he gets the message out because he's more like a, almost like a Tony Robbins speaker. Like he's talking about real life. You feel like he he's talking to you because he knows you, and this message is specifically for you. And then you realize that a majority of the people listening to the message are thinking the same thing. Like he's that good. And then he very gently brings it back to scripture. It's not like the, the old school beat you over the head with the Bible, your guilt, guilt, guilt type of thing. And so, um, it was a good, could you say more about the, the message? Uh, I only listened to three quarters of it just now, and it really hasn't sunk in that much, but, uh, he was, he was talking about Leviticus, I think the third book of the Bible, and he instructs the Jews to celebrate seven times a year. And um, how that party is also, like Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding, right? And he was there to keep the party going. Like he turned the water to wine to make because they ran out. That was his first miracle, and it was at a party. So if he, he would, Jesus wasn't a buzzkill. He was actually the guy that said, "Hey, I'll go to, the, I'll go get another keg." You know? uh, so yeah, that, that's what I remember from it. But uh, so, so kind of, if we're if we're to follow the life of Jesus, then that involves partying and celebrating. God commands you to party, 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 party. Celebrate, I think, is what his message was, but. Uh, I thought it was interesting because I was in the booth. I'm like, and even on the way out, I said to one of the guys on the way out, I'm like, God, I learned today that God has commanded me to party and I'm going to do that right now. Malcolm looked at me like, dude, stop it. I was feeling myself today because I got uh, all filled up with the kids downstairs, the two and three year olds. I got some basketball in, I got some. I hung with a, a two-year-old that could barely walk that shared my mother's name, Claudia, and she was just the cutest thing. And, you know, there's this one boy that was sitting by himself, and I'm like, hey. Uh, no, Carter was pushing the buggy around all day. I can't remember his name. It'll come to me. And so I went over, and I said, you know, I brought the basketball over. I'm like, you want to play basketball? And he looked up and I said, come on. And he got out of his chair and he came over and he, then he started circulating the room. I don't know. He was just sitting by himself. So I'm like, oh, there's nothing that fills my heart up than just getting that kid out of the seat. Because I remember kindergarten and I remember being awkward and I remember 
feeling all kinds of weird things, you know, not very vividly, but yeah, it's just, so I came out of there today and I was just amped because I had, you know, an hour and a half with the two and three year olds. So, um, I was in a good space to receive that message. And when I got up there, I'm like, yeah, 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 party, let's do it. Uh, yeah, man. All right, brother. I don't want to keep right, you too brother, much longer, but um, longer, but, um appreciate your time. I'm going to get this time. up later, hopefully with better sound. Uh, I'm going to have a little bit of an echo there, but I, I certainly, uh, I appreciate getting caught up with you and hopefully uh, other peeps that. Have... Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was a good conversation, Jim. And, uh, and I mean, it's good to touch base with you and, uh, to, to have these conversations. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you were on my, one of my first guests before I even before got the mics and stuff. I think we did a right. session yeah. down here, right? That was a few years back, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Jihad, again, Jihad. was one of my first guests as well. Yeah, so I'm glad uh, to do this, and thanks for, uh, you know, I want to get you while you're in town because I'd love you sitting across from me and playing some music and whatnot, but we'll, we'll make it work with dubbing some tracks in here. So. Well, thanks for putting those tracks on, giving them some, some life. I, I like those songs. I like that collection of songs, and and uh, hopefully somebody hears that, and uh, and those songs can have a have a life of their own. All right, I'm going to go out with put down your right, phone now. Yeah. Tell us anything else you want to get out to the peeps or contact or how we get your music or how we can support you in your journey. Yeah, I mean, Spotify, you can look it up. I'll get like point zero zero six cents a play, so <laughs> it'll help work towards a load of laundry somewhere along the way. Um, otherwise, just... I mean, just listen to the songs, share the songs around. It's really about the, the songs. I've written a bunch of them, and I have a lot available on Bandcamp or Spotify. You can get money to me directly if you want to support my songwriting through Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, and then also support the Niagara music scene. There's a lot of those cats are extensions of uh, my musical path, so that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. and, and then yeah just keep the music flowing oh MJ's, oh, on. MJ's on MJ yeah are you I yeah, saw you, did you log into the feed too CD pardon did you log into the did Facebook into feed the... I did okay yeah when we were in that last song okay so, oh yeah that's where oh, you're oh, yeah, I see when you switch you over then it goes to over. uh it, it takes your picture out, but uh, right on. Love it. Uh, what's he say here? Travel well, CD. Keep on trucking. Beautiful songs. Keep doing Take care, Jim. Jim Fanta. All right, brother. I love you, man. We'll talk soon. I'm going to play a couple more tunes. Let's go. Bye now. All right. Peace. This is Hey Cynic. Carl David. Hey Cynic, we already heard this. Shit. Put down your phone. We already heard Hey Cynic. Here's put down your phone.
<laughs> MJ, you still there? You what? You're making requests now. Put your phone down. Blossom flowers. Okay, so the album's called Home Economics. Home Economics by Carl David. Uh, CD, and the last name is O N O F R I O. I always say it wrong, so I'm not even gonna attempt it. I put the I put the accent on the wrong part of the last name. Uh, Philip Lococo, thank you, brother. I uh, love in the wasteland. MJ, he might be tricky. I could get it up maybe on my iTunes. Let's see if that loads up. MJ, uh, you're on the clock. Um, you got to get in here, dude. Let's do something. You are my Brendan Shop. Is it Brendan? Brandon? Brandon Shop? <laughs> and, uh, loving. No, Wasteland. I don't have it in here, I guess. Sorry, MJ. Where, I guess I. Yeah, I don't have it in here, MJ, so I can't play that one. Let's do his new music, bro. You probably heard it already. Anyways, touch CD up on Spotify. Uh, this is the band camp that I'm listening to. So it's C-D-O-N-O-F-R-I-O dot bandcamp dot com slash album slash home dash economics. But if you just search them, Oh, maybe I can play it from here because it's got. Look at all the albums the dude's got on here. Where's Love in the Wasteland? If you like CD, recommends, staggering work. Oh, that's Peter Haverkamp. Where's the rest of CDs? Oh, here we go. Uh, Love in the Wasteland. And, dude, uh, MJ, we were at the fire the other night. CD broke out. Pretty little feline. <clears throat> I couldn't place it. I thought it was like a like a like a song, like a pop <laughs> a popular song that's playing on the radio all the time. I didn't realize that it was a road waves tune. <laughs> because CD was singing it acoustically. MJ, you're supposed to be there. We missed you, man. Um, and and I'm like, who whose song was that? I, well, actually, that was my song. I. Uh, Road waves covered it. I'm like, road waves. Unbelievable. Uh, Love in the Wasteland. I got it up. MJ. Um, Fool's Errand. Love Song of the Wasteland. Love in the Wasteland. Here we go. Let's do it. Lost your man. Are you gonna find a diamond? Show your pretty thing. You never like to be alone, Lucy, when you were feeling high. Drove everybody crazy, made you feel so lonely. Someone's walking circles around the block, gonna make me dizzy. Showing me a boutique watch from the 1950s. Lucy's downstairs, she's loving the mailman, and I'm up here 
MJ for the request that was Carl David CD uh, local Niagara Falls artist who's out at Berkeley right now studying for his masters of divinity and doing the works all around California and his area of the world right now in the second year of a four year course I think and he's coming home every summer for a little bit reconnect with some of the peeps and uh got to hang out with them last week out at scotty's place it was really really cool to get reconnected again so thank you to cd for coming in and uh making time from berkeley now that he's home and probably getting back in the mode of studying uh find him on Bandcamp. shoot him some dope buy his album you can buy the wasteland for seven bucks digital Love in the Wasteland is a great album, top to bottom. Unbelievable. You know what? I used to think that this local music would be would sound local, and it doesn't, man. Like these guys have it down, um, even just on a low budget, which a lot of them are, uh, making it sound like it was recorded in a studio. And uh, CD's no exception. A master lyrical uh, lyric right um, lyricist master lyricist just <laughs> gifted uh, makes me not want to write anything when I listen to Carl David's work because he's just so talented so anyways thanks for the time so we had a lag and an echo and the cameras are far away over there so you probably didn't get the greatest sound this will go up later on the YouTube channel it's youtube.com slash Jim Fannin um, and We'll still have an echo. I wanted to do the interview anyways. Um, Skype doesn't give me an echo, but the, the Google Hangouts, for whatever reason, is giving me a little bit of a echo on the back. So my apologies for that. I'll try and bring a decent 
sound quality when we can. And if not, who cares? Better that we get an interview done and uh, and who cares what it sounds like. So, youtube.com slash Jim Fannin. Give us a sub. Hey, I'm, I'm, I think I've almost got 200 subs, which is great because less than a year ago I had 50. So, trying to build the channel a little bit. We put some fun stuff up. A little, not too many monologues, mostly interviews and some some clips that I find to be interesting. So check it out and uh, give us a sub. And if you are a local artist and uh, you want to come on the show, talk about the music, play some right here. We'll make you sound as good as we can with the limited resources that we have here. i got a couple decent mics and... It is what it is. So if you are a local musician, you're in the Niagara area, and you want to uh, come on and expose your music to me and uh, my listeners and watchers, then, hey, I'm more than happy to have you on. And who are we chasing? Matthew James Blake we're chasing. That should be my next guest. Matt, get in the car. Come on down here and play some new music. <laughs> You still watch it? No. It doesn't look like you are. Matthew? Check one, two. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. That was Carl David. Check him out on Spotify. Check him out on Bandcamp. And if you need the link, put it in the comments, and I'll get it out to you. All right? Peace.